The phrase, what a week, really doesn't do justice to the past seven days in wrestling, but still, what a blinking week. WWE announced that Raw will move to Netflix in a deal that overturns the way we will consume wrestling. The Rock joins the board of TKO. CM Punk and Cody Rhodes have an epic confrontation. William Regal returns on NXT. And oh, the small matter of the Royal Rumble is this Saturday. No one has a clue what's going to be going on at WrestleMania, so just your quiet, standard, run-of-the-mill earning the push. My name is Jack Murphy professional broadcaster alongside professional rugby player Charlie Beckett. Charlie, slow news day, slow news week. Really, really considered not recording this week. Not much to uh, discuss, but no, it's been a wild week. I feel like I'm saying this every week, but it really has been an unfathomably wild week in the week of wrestling. This, I think, tops any of the unfathomably wild weeks we had last year, which included WWE merging with the UFC, the return of CM Punk, and so much more. So for this to be more than that is really quite something. We're also going to flag up at the start of this, as we begin recording today, the allegations against Vince McMahon that no doubt you will have read about on various wrestling websites over the past 24, 48 hours are beginning to emerge. They contain some very troubling allegations against the former chairman of WWE at this point. Vince McMahon has said that he refutes those allegations. So for us, legally, the best thing to do is acknowledge those are out there in the ether, that they are very serious in their nature, that Vince McMahon is denying them. And Charlie, this is one of those occasions where we just have to let the legal process play out. But we had to start by saying those are out there. They are disturbing. We can't say more than that, but we need to let this one just run its course. Yeah, and I think I've got nothing to add on that. Like, if I start getting to opinion, etc., I'm going to say things I shouldn't. But I think everyone can fathom how we all feel about it. And yeah, let the legal the legal procedure take course, and hopefully, the justice and the truth and all the all the right things come out. Here's stuff we can have opinions on: the Royal Rumble, William Regal, Netflix deals, The Rock going back to the board of TKO, all the good stuff. So let's get into it. He's Charlie underscore Beckett on the socials. I am Jack underscore Murley. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe as you have been doing uh, for us each and every week. We appreciate it very much. So let's kick off a bonkers uh, seven days in wrestling. We now know that from next year, WWE Raw will be available exclusively on Netflix in a deal that has netted WWE around. $5 billion. That's not all, because for UK fans, it means that Netflix will also, from January 2025, have SmackDown, NXT, all the premium live events, everything that's on the network at the moment is going to, to Netflix in January 2025 for us. And Charlie, it's hard to put a, put a, a phrase on how massive that is. It's phenomenally enormous. And my favorite thing that's come out of it has been all the memes of when guys in 2025 are asking girls to come over and Netflix and chill and then whacking on John Cena versus Umaga from the 2008 Royal Rumble or, or the fight pit or the best two out of three falls, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. I've really, they've really made me giggle this week because if I was a single man, that's the sort of thing I'd be doing. Ah, I'll just put on the 2020 Royal Rumble in the background. And as this girl thinks of a romantic evening, I'm screaming, on this day, I see clearly. Like, shut up, shut up, it's about to happen. Um, no, it's it's wild. Like, this will change the way we consume wrestling now. It changes, it brings so many questions of, is Raw going to have adverts on Netflix? Are we going to have ad breaks on Netflix? Because you hear a lot of rumors about the streaming services thinking you might have tiered uh, subscription where one of the tiers has um, adverts in it. Is Raw going to have adverts? 
is Raw going to be three hours? Is Raw going to be the same length every week? Because you don't have to have it in any length on Netflix. It could be three hours and four minutes one week. It could be two hours, 48 minutes the other week. Does that change how wrestlers, like, will wrestlers just start running over on their time? Because they can. Now, like, there's so many questions around this. And the biggest thing is, it's going to save me £10 a month. Well, even if they bump up the subscription to Netflix to incorporate the network, it's all going to be in one place. It's all going to be there. I can't see any way where for UK fans, this is a bad deal. I really can't. If you don't get Netflix at the moment, well, you're already paying for the network and you probably have to pay for TNT Sports to get your, your weekly shows. Everything in one place. Would you rather Netflix and Chill, Netflix and Chavo or Netflix and Champa? Netflix and Champa. <laughs> Netflix and Champa. How long have you been sitting on that one? Just came to me. Just Good. I like, I've enjoyed that. I've enjoyed that a lot. Netflix and Champa. I'd also like to watch Netflix with Tommaso Champa. He seems like a nice bloke. We'd have a good time. I reckon we've got similar taste in films, me and Tommaso. And we talk about how we shave our heads. No, what you do is he would say, do you want something from the kitchen? He'd go out to the kitchen and they just turn on you from behind and just deck you. Yeah, he would actually. But I'd be like, oh no, he's done me again. My biggest concern is whether Monday Night Raw stays on Monday because that is the other yeah. thing we've not mentioned there. We always say in wrestling, oh, well, you'll never get used to this. We'll never get used to that. But but Raw moving off Mondays, which it could well do, would just throw the rhythm of every fan's week. I, I don't think it will. I think Raw will be streamed live on Monday on Netflix, but then you'll just be able to watch it at any point. And also, like... If you, let's say Raw starts at 8 o'clock US time, Eastern time on Netflix, if you get in at half eight, you'll be able to just start it from then. I, I think that'll be the only difference I imagine to it being on live TV. But I, I don't see a world where the brand of Monday Night Raw is so strong, is so huge. I don't see that changing. You could see NXT change night. You could see SmackDown. SmackDown's been all over the place in our life. Like, so I remember SmackDown being on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. SmackDown's always jumped about. Um, I don't see Raw. Raw has always been Monday Night Raw. And like, I don't think it'd be an issue if it changed at all. I just think when you have a brand that is so strong, why would you mess with that? I also think you've got the, not just where it is in terms of television, but you've established the Raw after WrestleMania. If you've got all those international fans traveling to the US for the Mania on the Saturday and the Sunday, you're not going to say to them, can you just knock around till Tuesday for the Raw as well? It's, it's so I, I hope it stays where it is. But I think this is what we were talking about when the TKO UFC WWE deal was announced last year. And we were saying this is going to change the industry in ways we can't fathom. No one fathomed it going to Netflix. And there's an argument that Nick Khan is the most influential man in wrestling full stop for what he's orchestrated. Nick Khan is doing phenomenal, like almost unfathomable things for the wrestling business industry. I think they're all good. Have you seen the clip of him going around this week of him on Wheel of Fortune back in the day in um, in America, the game show? And he won money on that that then set up his first business investment. It's such, it's such a cool story, Nick Khan. And we don't hear much about him apart from business, which is probably a good thing. I always think if, there's, if you hear nothing about someone in the wrestling industry, it normally means there's nothing bad to hear about them, is my is my, like, in my opinion on it, really. That could be completely wrong, but it seems like he's come in and just done a brilliant job for WWE, and I really am interested to see how this business develops with this, because also, as well as this being a huge move for wrestling, everyone knows how much I love sport, all sports. I'm just, if there's sport on, I'll watch it. This is the first time Netflix is delving into properly a live sports deal. This could change the way we watch sports. Like, this, could, this could really be... And also, $5 billion is an unfathomable amount of money. Now, that is 
just bonkers money we're talking. So clearly Netflix, and Netflix won't be paying that. I think they're going to make more than that for having Raw and all the WWE content on there. So I think it's extremely exciting for wrestling, for Netflix, just for how sports broadcasting will be done going forwards. Yeah, you've got to believe that the Premier League, the NFL, whoever are looking at this. But I suppose that's also the risk that WWE is taking because there is an element of risk here. I guess in the US, they've still got SmackDown and NXT that'll be on standard television where you know the ad breaks, you know how to do it. If Netflix launch this and the first week or two, the stream drops out, or then it's not going up properly, or then there are glitches, or or whatever. It is for WWE. They're taking their flagship show, which for 31 years has been on telly, and saying, we're going to put it somewhere else. Now, that's what entrepreneurs do. That's why people make big bucks. But it isn't without risks. No, it's a huge risk. Um, And that's how business works, though, isn't it, unfortunately? You risk-reward. I mean, it's less of a risk because they've got $5 billion coming in. That makes it slightly less risky. I think. Uh, but the risk is there for their product. Like you say, if the stream drops out and suddenly Raw's not on the Monday night when everyone's expecting it to be, imagine the Raw after Mania, the stream drops out. Something like that. So, yes, it's a huge risk, but I think it will not have been a rush deal, will it? These guys know what they're doing. They will have taken all all the risk assessment they need. I, I just think it's hugely exciting, especially for us in the UK. I think the fact that now all wrestling content will be on one place. And also, like, I, I consume wrestling now. I watch Raw and SmackDown mainly through YouTube. I watch the YouTube clips. Now, it'd be even easier with Netflix because if there are bits that you don't need to watch, or if you've only got an hour to watch the three hours, you can skip through. But sometimes on YouTube, it skips up the bits of the segments you want to watch. Whereas now, Netflix will have all the segments there. I, I, I think it's brilliant. I, I'm only excited by this deal. I think it's going to be great. And I think, you know, it's, it's, we haven't, you've had to have TNT Sports or Sky or BT to get the live stuff. And it's a lot of money. It's a, it's a lot of money to be a wrestling fan at the moment, genuinely. It, it is. It's expensive. And, and you're right. I think that it's, it's already made me think about changing my viewing habits. If I know that I can get home from work on a Tuesday and just throw on Netflix and Raw's there, I'm much more likely to do it than have to go to YouTube, find it, skip through the ads. So that's big. Big, big week. Now, the chronology of this, this Netflix deal was announced after WWE dropped another bombshell by revealing that The Rock is joining the board of TKO, which obviously controls WWE and UFC. The Rock has also licensed his own name back, so The Rock now can call himself The Rock, and he's given the rights to that back to WWE on a 10-year licensing deal. I mean, this guy who was the biggest name in wrestling for a long, long time, in his feud with Triple H, him and now Hunter are on the board. It, it's wild that Triple H and The Rock basically now run WWE. Yes, The Rock's more hands-off. He's on TKO, but it's just mental. Like, I, I don't really know what to think of all this because does this mean we're more likely to see The Rock in WWE? Is this The Rock saying, I love this business, I want to be involved, but I haven't got the time or I can't get the insurance to actually wrestle anymore, but I want to be involved. I'm a good businessman. I have my own business. I want to give back to this industry my business acumen. What What is this? What's Dwayne's endgame with this? I don't know. It's fascinating. Well, he is the most marketable man in the world, in, in all entertainment. You put The Rock's name on a billboard for a film, for a TV appearance, for wrestling, he's going to sell. So it makes sense for Ari Emanuel to get him back into the fold of this TKO endeavour. But you've got to believe the fact that he is now tied in in a business standpoint rather than just rocking up once in a while for an appearance. That's got to mean more rock matches. He can't be there that close to the fire and not want to just reach out and touch it again. There's a 
bit too much going on for it all to be coincidences that there's him coming back at new at day one, dropping the hint of Roman. He's saying in interviews that if him and Roman did WrestleMania, it'd be the biggest WrestleMania ever. He's now on the board. There's just, it does seem all a bit too much for us not to see one last rock run, potentially. And also, am I making this up? Or does it feel like he's doing a little less acting at the moment? You're not seeing him on everything at the moment, are you? No, I think, and God knows why I know this, I think he's got the Moana live-action film, which he's filming this sort of summer. So there is a window where he can do some wrestling and he can do this type of thing. The flip side is, if he does his wrestling now and he gets injured for the Moana film, like happened with Hercules back in the day, that's a huge problem. So I don't know, but he's... The fact he's putting himself down and saying, this is my my family's business that I've been in and now I'm getting involved in a big way. It can't be coincidence. You just don't, they're not just going to have him there so he attends a board meeting once a month and votes. No, that's not, I don't feel like that's the Rock's giggy that just turned Rock up once a month and put it. Also, sorry, complete side note, classic Charlie Beckett here. Thinking of the Rock's family, I meant to send this to you. Did you see that this week, I can't remember what company it was in, but, um, 15 years after Mr. Kennedy wrestled Umaga, he's wrestling his son this week somewhere. Uh, he's now Mr. Anderson, Mr. Kennedy wrestled under. He's wrestling, I uh, can't remember his first name, Fatu, who's Umaga's son, which is just very cool. I, I think that's Jacob, Jacob Fatu, and I think it might be an MLW, possibly. Could there be wrong go. on that. Jack knows more than me, as usual, but that's just a very cool thing of the Rocks family. I think that must be a cool moment for both Jacob and for Mr. Kennedy to have wrestled his dad and now wrestling his son. That was very cool, I thought, this week. It is the resurgence of the Samoans. Samoans have mm. always been such a huge part of wrestling as a whole, as anyone knows, But and I know they're not from the same Samoan family quite clearly but the fact Samoa Joe is on top in AEW that in WWE Roman Reigns is the guy and now The Rock is sitting on the board of TKO you've got a lot of good role models there from that part of the world hugely hugely so that was just the outside the world of wrestling wrestling news this week the Royal Rumble is happening on Saturday it's my favourite week I love the Rumble (laughs) this is my favourite week every year I love the Royal Rumble happier that it's happening on Saturday or would you rather it was on Sunday so happy, I'm going to try and stay up and probably fall asleep about 2am and have to get up early to catch up anyway. So it's happening this Saturday, and I think WWE played an absolute blinder on Monday Night Raw. Talk about going strong ahead of your Netflix deal just being announced. Seth Rollins confirmed that he was injured, but that he's not going to miss WrestleMania, we hope. He was confronted by Gunther, and then speaking of confrontation, CM Punk and Cody Rhodes had one for the ages. So let's get into that first. Punk and Cody, about 15 minutes, a little bit longer, all told, with the entrances. Goosebumps, Charlie. Goosebumps. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Just two of the biggest stars in wrestling facing off, and I just thought it was masterful how it started, so respectful and friendly and all fine, and then obviously it grew to a confrontation because it has to, it's wrestling, but the way they did it was organic. It made sense. Like The points both men made made sense. When Punk was talking about being more Cody than he is, and Cody spoke about being more Punk than Punk is, and I was like, yes, this all makes sense. Nothing anyone's saying here is false, is silly, is out of context. And then the fundamental point is, they both need to win the Rumble to do what they need to do. So, of course, there is a point of contention between them. I just thought it was massively done. Two guys who are at the absolute top of their game, who have been round the block long enough for wrestling to know how to do this. I think in a wider point, I think WWE's build to the Rumble this year has been exceptional. If you look at 
who has announced for the Rumble. I think only 10 men and eight women or something. So mm. I like that. I like that. I don't know who's coming. I hate when you see the graphic, it's like 25 of the 30 names. We know who they are. I'm like, well, there's no surprises now. Even though there won't be 20 surprise entrants, I don't know who's coming next. That's my favorite bit of the Rumble is sitting there as it's like five, four, like, oh, who's it going to be? So I think the build to the Rumble this year has been masterful. I think looking at the men's side, it looks like there's three big hitters. It looks like we're between Rhodes, Punk, and Gunther. On the women's side, it really feels like it's Bailey and Becky are the two big, big names going in. There's obviously the whole, is Sasha coming back? Isn't she coming back? There's loads of things to think about, but I like that we know very, very little going into this year's Rumble, apart from it feels really important. It's If you think of a Rumble like Waves... There are often those moments in the Rumble where you're sitting there going, I just got to wait for all these mid-carders to go. They've just got to disappear. There's going to be one of those ooh moments when Drew McIntyre's music hits and for Gunther's. And there's going to be a moment when uh, Jey Uso comes in and Damian Priest. And then you've got the surprises and, and someone's going to get made in this Rumble. I don't know who it is, but usually someone has a moment where they get made. R-Truth's going to give you some comedy with, with Dom. And then CM Punk and Cody Rhodes at some point are going to come nose to nose, face to face, eye to eye in the middle of that ring, knowing that one of them has to go. Over that top rope, one must go in order for the other to fulfill their dream. That is not a complicated concept, but man, that arena is just going to explode when that happens. Oh, it's going to be huge. Like, I, I have four things written down here for the men's rumble that I would like to see. I've just gone to my notes. Look at me with notes. I'm so, I am such a developing podcaster. Uh, I said it last week. I think Cody and Punk have to be your final two, unless Gunther wins it. But I don't, I don't. I don't feel like Gunther should or needs to win it. I think him going to WrestleMania with the IC title again this year is a big enough story. Um, so I want Cody and Punk to be the final two. I would like to see two Iron Men. I would like Gunther to go a long time in it again, like last year. I want you to start building that he's just this rumble animal. And I'd like to see Bron Breaker come in as one of the first two and be in the last four. I'd really like to see that. I know he's doing his tag teaming with uh, Baron Corbin in NXT, which hilariously works out of nowhere. But I would like to see Bron Breaker have a real strong showing in the Rumble. Because he, I he, think could be made, he? he could be made, couldn't he? He could be made. I think you show him and have him be the guy to eliminate Gunther or something like that. Something like that would be very cool. Even if you don't bring him up straight away, even if he's not coming up till Mania, when you bring him up after Mania, you just show all the clips of him in the Rumble. I think that makes sense. And I think... He's a sort of superstar and athlete that the Rumble's made for. He can dominate a Rumble and it makes sense. Um, I think the Usos have to face off. I think they have to. I think if you if you want to build to them at Mania, they have to face off in this Rumble. And it needs it now. This point, that yes. feud to, to reignite, it needs that yeah. moment. Yeah. And we all need to go, oh, we forgot this. Like, Because it's very easy to bring that back. You've got all the footage in the world on VT to bring it back, but they need that face off moment. And then the one I would love to happen, that I don't know if it will, because I don't know if Sammy's around, is I'd love a Sammy-Kevin Owens stare-off. I know Kevin Owens is facing Logan Paul for the US title early in the night as well, but that doesn't mean he wouldn't pull double duty. Because I just, I, I'm a sucker for those two fighting each other. I always have been, and I always will be. So that's what I want in the men's rumble. What pay-per-view was it that they fought at that you liked again? I, uh, you... It was a fatal four-way at Battleground 2016. Battleground 2016. Um, with The Miz and Cesaro as well. Um, I don't think I've mentioned it much on this podcast. I thought it's been a while since we've had a Battleground mention. Yes. Yeah. yes. In the women's rumble, 
I think it's a lot more open. I mean, Michelle McCool will come in and dominate like she does every year. Like Michelle McCool <laughs> will never ever not be able to come in and dominate. The Michelle Rumble. McCool could be two two towns over, and in she comes. She she'll, she will be in that Rumble somewhere. Um, <coughs> I think I would have Bailey and Becky be the last two there as well. I'd be half tempted to have them be first two and last two. Have them go the distance. I think they're the two probably most probably the biggest names and most dominant superstars in in the female rumble at the moment. I'd love Sasha Banks to come back. I think we all would. I don't think she is, but I don't know. I tell you who I think is coming back though. I think Naomi is coming back at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, who was uh, doing great stuff as Trinity in TNA. With TNA yeah. is having a moment at the at the yes. moment, which is great. I think we get Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill yes, getting a strong absolutely. Rumble performance. Now, I don't yeah, think she's yeah. ready to win, but no. I think you can get a really strong showing at Jade Cargill in a Rumble where you don't have to do a lot other than be dominant. That's not a bad way to bring her in. Yeah, I think, like I just said about Bron Breaker being designed in the way he wrestles for the Rumble, Jade Cargill is also designed for the Rumble. Have, um, do you remember at the 2020 Rumble where... Who was it where um, Keith Lee came in when Brock Lesnar was on his tear? And Brock was like, ooh, big boy, and like gave him a lot of respect. Have someone like Becky in the ring when Jay gets there and have her obviously not say big girl. That's not a good thing to say. But have her like show her respect straight away for how, like give her like your reputation precedes you. I know who you are. I like look at you. You're clearly a threat. Look at your physique. And like have her shown respect by someone established straight away and then have her make seven or eight eliminations. I think that's a very good way to bring Jade Cargill because we spoke months ago about the way they brought her and presented her as an absolute star from the off. And then we've heard nothing from her, which I thought was really stupid at the time. But if it's for just to bring her back at the Rumble with a big hurrah, because it seemed like they weren't maybe sold on her wrestling acumen yet. They had to, she's been with Natty, hasn't she, in the, in the heart dungeon training. If it's for this, then it makes sense, I'd say. Yeah. Because if you don't bring her back now... Where do you bring her in before the before? I don't see a place to bring her in before the Raw after Mania, which yeah. seems like ages from when she debuted. I think debuted, I think you're right. First saw on telly. You, you've got you've got two windows. You do it now, or you do it the Raw after Mania, and you've not got much of a choice. I think there's a story to tell with Becky Lynch as well, where Becky Lynch does a bit of a Shawn Michaels. She wants Rhea Ripley, but she can't quite get there. Like Shawn wanted the Undertaker, but he couldn't quite get there. And I wouldn't I wouldn't mind her. You know being on a tear in the Rumble, and then boom, Jade Cargill throws her out. Something yeah. like that, where Becky has to work a bit more to get there. Now, flip side is, a Becky Rumble win is absolutely fine by me, but I think there's some interesting story you can do there. Oh, no, I entirely agree. I, I quite like having it that side, or have it like, as much as Rhea has said that she wants to face uh, Becky, have her somehow cost Becky at the Rumble. Mm. I like to say, like, Rhea is a heel at the end of the day. We have to remember that. I have her almost like, I don't want to face you, really. I would I would like to see Bailey win it. I'd really like to see Bailey win it. I feel like she's doing some underappreciated work at the moment. And I didn't realise I read the other day, she's never had a singles match at WrestleMania. And I feel like she's good enough. And I feel like she would really shine in that, um, in that spotlight. And I think there is definitely a story to be told with her challenging Io Sky because the whole damage control business. I think I would say I would like to see her win the Rumble, them all presume she's going to challenge Rhea, and then challenge Io. I, I think that's a fun, exciting story to tell. I think it's a good way to to boost that story as well, because the SmackDown women's title, the WWE women's title as it is now, is is not as hot as, as the not Rhea scene. Not at all. I think there's something in Rhea as well, 
we don't often see condescension in wrestling, but Rhea saying to Becky, not only have you let yourself down by not winning the Rumble, you've let me down. Yeah. I, wa- I wanted to face you, but, ah, oh, Becky, you're not good enough. I, I'm sorry. I, if you're not at my level, you're not at my level. I think that is a fascinating way to go. Can we just come back to Punk versus Cody as well, that confrontation? Because one thing I thought was really smart was that was a textbook example of how to point out discrepancies in your opponent's character without tearing them down. Because when you think about it, yeah, Cody Rhodes is someone born with a silver spoon in his mouth. So CM Punk is more American dream than Cody. But yeah, Cody did go away and do what Punk promised to do and didn't. So he is more punk than punk. And yet neither of them came out weaker. Neither of them came out where the fans were booing one or turned on the other. That's a very tricky needle to thread. It, it was masterful. It, it genuinely was. For neither of them to lose anything, for them both to make good, fair, understandable points, and somehow both come out looking stronger, even though they both pointed discrepancies. And the other, like you said, was, let's say it was just two guys at the top of their game at doing their absolute best. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but if Gunther did win, and they went Gunther Rollins, and they went Rock Roman, and they went Punk Cody... I could see it because that is a WrestleMania match straight away. Punk Cody, whenever they want, at some point you will pull the trigger on CM Punk versus Cody Road. That will happen. If they wanted to do it this year, if somehow they eliminated each other, a la Batista and John Cena, 2005. And that led to them both going berserk with each other. Like I absolutely don't think they should. I think it should be Cody versus Roman. I've said this from the start, but those three, you text me this this week. If you got Gunther Seth, Rock Roman and Cody versus CM Punk as your three main matches for WrestleMania, no one would really be complaining. It's it's a bit like with WWE now. What's your favourite flavour? Okay, so so they might give you a flavour that isn't your favourite, but you can't pretend that any of the options on the table aren't going to be phenomenal. You just can't. Yeah, you might prefer to get Cody versus Roman Reigns and finish in the story. You might well prefer that. I would prefer that. If The Rock wins a Rumble and suddenly we're on track to Roman Reigns versus The Rock in the biggest match in WrestleMania history, it might not be my preference, but I can't fault any of their logic. And that is because of years of probably a year or so of hard work with story by Triple H and also rolling with the punches. So when you get CM Punk back, your, your plans change because if we'd been speaking in October, we'd have been saying, we need Gunther to win. We need Gunther versus Seth. We're dead excited about that. Now things have changed and WWE incorporated those changes in such a smart way. Yeah, phenomenally. Do you, gun to your head, is the rock in the rumble? I mean, if he's in it, he wins it. That, yes, that's, a, that's the thing. That's the thing. If he's in it, he has to win it. If that music hits at number 30, he's winning yeah. the Rumble. So, uh, I, I get, do you know what I think it would be? It would be acceptance for me. It would be, if, if he comes out and he wins the Rumble, I would have that moment of acceptance. It isn't the way I would choose to go, but at least we know a direction. And I think that's what's most exciting about this Rumble, is one way yeah. or the other, coming out of it, we're going to put some things to bed. We're, we're going to know... It's either Gunther versus Seth, or it's Punks who's won and he's going for Seth, or The Rock's won and he's taking on Roman, or Cody's won and he's going to fit. We, because there's been so much fevered speculation, unlike any time probably you and I can remember in wrestling, that at least come Sunday morning, we're going to have some answers. Imagine if our final four was The Rock, Gunther, Cody, and Punk. Like, that is 
bonkers. Because then you could see something wild, like the Uso, um, sorry, Solo and Jimmy coming out and tossing the rock over the top. Like, that's the only way the rock does it. If the rock's in the rumble, I'm 99% sure he wins. I'm 100% sure we get Roman versus the rock. It's whether we get it through shenanigans from the bloodline is the only other way it could happen. But just think about that final four you said, right? So someone, someone, they've had a knock on the head. They're in hospital. They get knocked on the head. <laughs> they get knocked on the head in August. And they've just come out of all in, and they, they get knocked on the head at Wembley. And they wake up. They go, "God, you've been what's happened?" They go, "Right, you're not going to believe who the final four could be." But gun to your head, you couldn't rule that possibility out. No. If that was me, and I came round and be like, "Guys, put me back under. I'm clearly not. I'm clearly not right. I'm not better." <laughs> the other thing that we love about this card. Four matches, Women's Rumble, Men's mm. Rumble, Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens for the US title, who, if you haven't seen it on Instagram, did some really fun stuff with a brawl at the Performance Center. Yeah, which really was, liked that, really yeah. liked that. I'm, I say it every time, Logan Paul, wrestling-wise, is the man at the moment. He is so... Have you seen, have you seen John Cena on his show this week? No, I've got to check that out. It's, I've seen clips, I've seen bits, I haven't seen it all. It's very good. Like, as much as I want to dislike Logan Paul... He does some very good stuff. That's the thing. He's very hard to not realise yeah. he's good at what he does. And then the other match, of course, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight for the Undisputed Universal. That's going to be some mental fun, isn't it? What I love about the build about that as well is how Nick Aldis is just being like new age, modern male alpha. He is taking none of Roman Reigns' BS, is he? None. When he was like, that's fine, Paul. If Roman's not here, we'll just make it a triple threat. I was like, ah, oh, Nick, go on, son. But it's like, why has no one done it before? It needs someone with the credibility of Nick Aldis. And it's just lovely to see Paul Heyman get stymied at every turn and not have all the answers. But whether he steps in the ring this year, next year, whether he never steps in the ring at all, Nick Aldis is fast becoming my favourite GM. Yeah, I mean, none of us think that Roman could lose, do we? No. Yeah, because I've seen a few people say Randy wins and Cody versus Randy at WrestleMania. And I just don't... I, I think that's the worst of all their options. I think you've built something so special and so big that you have to give it away if you're giving it away at all at your biggest pay-per-view. It would yes. be bananas to just say... It, it, I. If, if we get to Sunday morning and we're watching, you know, with no spoilers online and they do the Women's Rumble, Men's Rumble, Logan Paul, and then the main event is a fatal four-way, I think we know something is amiss. Yeah, I don't... I, the Men's Rumble will be main event. It has to be. It has to be. Yeah. Elsewhere, in this bonkers wrestling week, William Regal arrives back in NXT. Yeah. Your yeah, man is back. It all just feels right. Some <laughs> things just feel right. It, it just, and he came out in a lovely way. Ava Rain is the new GM of uh, NXT and William Regal. Now, it seems he was saying goodbye to NXT. It seems that way he had his first appearance back, but also maybe a last appearance there. Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate are crying yeah. out for that man. Yeah, yeah, It just makes sense, doesn't it? It just makes sense. Um, I think that is very much where we will end up seeing Mr. Regal. And it could be as soon as tonight. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pop up backstage with the two of them on SmackDown tonight. Yeah. And, and I think, because without alluding to what we spoke a lot about at the start, this ongoing lawsuit with Vince McMahon, one thing that is of note is that there are allegations that Brock Lesnar may be tied up in this. We should say Brock has not given any statement on that, and that has not been confirmed one way or the other. However, Brock Lesnar, you would think, would have been a big part of WWE's plans for the, the, Royal, for the Royal Rumble and for WrestleMania. 
if he is now not part of those plans for whatever reason, what we were talking about last week with a Brock Gunther match may not happen. Plug in Pete Dunn. I'm telling yes. you, Dunn yeah, versus yeah. Gunther for the IC title. That is yeah, yeah. money. I'm I'm all all aboard on that now. Also, just think about Regal. Just think about the electric atmosphere that there is going to be in about nine and a half months' time around the start of November where there's a bit of a feud happening between a few people and then William Regal just arrives at the top of the ramp. And everyone knows what he's about to say. I reckon that could be the biggest pop of the year. Regal coming out just to say war games after five years, four years away, genuinely could be the biggest pop of this wrestling year. If they're smart, they'll book it at a SmackDown in, in the UK or something like that. You'd, oh, you'd... imagine. I would just want him to come out and just stand there for like five minutes with everyone just going berserk. He'd milk it. He'd milk it. I mean, it has been just such a bonkers week in wrestling. We've not really got anything to say about AEW apart from, you know, looking at looking at their ticket sales for Dynamite, they did under two thousand for for Dynamite this past Wednesday. Um, every business has peaks, every business has troughs. That is a troubling number. I mean, just for context, TNA and it was a big pay per view and it was a relaunch, so it's not apples and orange. You know, it's not the same comparison. But TNA did about one thousand two hundred for one of their shows recently, and the fact that they're even in the same conversation mm. in terms of attendance. Great for TNA, little troubling for AEW. It is concerning, and it's not what we want to see as wrestling fans. I've said it a number of times. A stronger AEW, a stronger TNA, a stronger New Japan, all these places being stronger makes the wrestling landscape stronger and makes WWE have to be better. So I don't know why that's happened to AEW, because I feel like their product's really good at the moment. Like I, I do not think this is bad shows they're putting on. Um, I don't know why people aren't going at the moment. Um but I hope it changes soon because we want people at wrestling shows. I saw an interesting point and you can't read too much into things. And I'm not assigning blame to anyone, but but there was an interesting thing that said CM Punk jumps to WWE, attendance up, sales up, merch up, everything up. Adam Copeland jumps to AEW and they've not had a bump. They've not had they've not been able to convert that energy that excitement of someone of that level jumping to AEW and they didn't really do it with Danielson they didn't really do it with Cole they did to a degree with Punk um but not perhaps to the degree they'd have wanted there seems to be an issue which which indicates that it's not the personnel it's something else that is stopping them getting to that level because I'm not blaming for a second Adam Copeland no no I agree and yeah I don't know I can't put my finger on it but it doesn't it doesn't seem as exciting when someone goes to AEW as when they come back to WWE. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't seem like the company capitalised on it the same way, as you said. So something is a little amiss at the moment at All Elite Wrestling. And I hope, as I said, i got to say this so strongly, I hope it gets fixed because those first few years of AEW were just, just lightning in a bottle brilliant. And I want that back because it makes wrestling better. And I like watching good wrestling. I don't care if it's WWE, because AW, I don't care if it's Gloucester County Wrestling at the Chatham Town Hall down the road that's on every now and again. I just like watching good wrestling. Yeah, best wrestling experience of my life, one of was seeing all in at, at Wembley. So we want them to be really strong. Okay, let's do everyone's favourite part of the pod. Something goes back to developmental from everyday life. Something is earning the push, first or second for you. I'll go first to mine very quick this week. Do it. Um, 
Earning the push is the Leicester Tigers women rugby team oh. uh, in the Premier in the PWR and the Premiership Women Rugby. I am biased. I have a vested interest. My best friend is the head coach, but they are a brand new team this season. It has been very tough for them, as any startup team in an established league is. But last Sunday, they got their first win ever in the Premiership, and that was a big moment for the club, a big moment for all the players, a big moment for Tom Hudson and his staff. I know I've been to watch some training. I know I have insight into. It. I know how hard they work. I know the challenges they overcome. There are more challenges than you could believe but they have to overcome that group and I was genuinely sat at Sunday afternoon uh, Sunday lunch with my better half and effectively my in-laws uh, apologetically glued to my phone screen refreshing in the last five minutes because they were they were what were they they were two points down and then they went three points up and then it just all I was on because their sale twitter was they're playing sale sharks their twitter was far better like uh, um keeping up to date with it. I think the media person for Les Tigers Women got too enthralled in it and just forgot to start, just forgot to be updating. So I just, and then it just said 80 minutes. So the last play, it said, we're of sales said, we're on the attack in the 22 and they did not refresh for four minutes. Oh. They were just constantly playing and they finally refreshed it and it said that Leicester had won and I did a big cheer at the table. So uh, a huge push to all of them. I know some of the players, I've coached some of the players and they played at Cheltenham beforehand and I couldn't be happier for everyone involved with the club. So a massive earning the push for Leicester Tigers women. Yes, so say all of us. Well done Leicester Tigers women. Well done Tom Hudson. Well done everyone because as you'll know, the person in the social ain't getting paid. The person who's washing the kit ain't getting paid. You know, it's a, it's a thankless endeavour sometimes. So well done to them um what's back to developmental bags for life <laughs> okay back, back i'll settle in, in for this day, one i'll settle in for back, back in my day yeah. a bag for life was like an ikea sort of bag that's what you call a bag for life like a bag that genuinely would last you a few years it was good for putting if you were going away for the weekend and you didn't need an actual bag you put your stuff in that it was good for washing. If you couldn't buy a washing basket, bags for life were proper bags. I didn't mind paying my 50-odd P for a bag for life then. Now, if you go to any of the supermarkets, any of the big ones, they're now just calling their standard plastic bags a bag for life. And I think that's utter nonsense. No, I disagree. That, those bags... are just the, a plastic bag. No, no, no. Because the plastic bag back in the day was a thin, like a like a wafer biscuit thin texture of plastic. I get that. But this these plastic bags aren't bags for life. They're not big enough for a start. A bag for life needs to be almost the size of a suitcase. No, I, I think you have had a privileged upbringing <laughs> when it... When it when it comes to bags for life and i think you're confusing the i know the ones you're thinking of you're thinking of like the hessian blue and yellow ikea bags yeah that, like, almost like a canvas bag sort of yeah that's a bag for life about the size of a peugeot 106 that you can just yeah, exactly that. Yeah, that is not a bag for life that is just a big bag i think you've no, got no 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 they're bags for life what happened to make you what what went wrong this week that made you I forgot to take a bag with me to the supermarket, so I had to buy one for the first time in ages, and I realised they're marketing them at bags for, as bags for life, and I actually was so enthralled by it. This is genuinely true. I was at one supermarket where every little helps. I then went to a different supermarket um, where I don't think they have a saying. <laughs> um, uh, I went to the orange one, and they were doing the same, and then I genuinely went to check at where George lives, and they were doing the same. So it's not just the one supermarket. They're all they're all marketing them as bags for life, and it's really wound me up this week. What we love, Charlie, is that you bring the insight of a professional athlete to this podcast <laughs> each and every week. 
and uh, you know the rigors of being an athlete. How did you spend your week, child? When I wasn't training or doing my recovery, I was going around supermarkets. Not only have you been going to Sarah's supermarkets, seeing what they call their plastic bags. You're on the CCTV at all of them, and all the intersecting yeah. roads around where you live, and it's going to be you just going from one to the other to the other. To I the hope. Other. I hope that day I don't end up having to justify where I was to a police <laughs> investigation or something. It looks very suspicious. Your lawyer said, "For God's sake, just tell them the truth." That you're like, I can't. I can't admit to this. <laughs> I can't do it. All right. Well, I'm going to give you that one because it clearly matters so much. Um, my earning the push, lentils. I've discovered yeah, okay. l- lentils, and not just lentils, but lentils in a pouch that you can get from one of the supermarkets for two quid. They stay nice. pre-cooked as a veggie, semi-vegan. They're blinking wonderful, and they're always too much hassle. There's loads of protein in lentils. Oh, well, I'm they're really good. Yeah, you- they, yeah, I know. I can see that you, <laughs> your lentils take it seriously. Um, they're good in soup. Yeah, I like a good soup with lentils. I obviously not for you, but one of my favourite soups is bacon and lentil. Oh, really? But even in a in a vegetable soup, I like good a good number of lentils in my vegetable soup. I I'm all on board with lentils. Yep. I like a lentil. I'm loving lentils. Just whack them in a wrap, put them in a, a bolognese. Wonderful. So lentils, those little pouch ones, which are very good. Back to developmental. It must happen every year. Gyms. Clean up your oh. clean up your acts, newbies. And I don't mean I'm judging anyone who is new and come into the gym because that is great. But don't just leave the weights on the floor. Don't put yeah. the 24s, which I'm not lifting, but I see, um, in the wrong place. Like, I have my 12s in a place so I can get them. You don't go but, 12, 24, 14, yeah, 18. Yeah. Bad gym etiquette is one of the worst things in the world, whether it's, like you say, leaving weights out. I, I'd almost rather weights left out than put back in the wrong place. Yes. Because I feel like that's more insulting because you've not even been bothered to put them back in the right place. Um, and also, and what, the, what world in... Sorry, but this has really got my goat. Yeah. There is nowhere in life where there is a pattern which is 4, 6, 8, 20, 10. Like, you... Just that that order has been the same forever. Why would it be different at the gym? Yeah. You, you're no, better than I this. I entirely agree, Jack. Um, the best thing that happened out of COVID was that all gyms now, pretty much, they had it to start when gyms reopened and then they've stayed, have, like anti-back sprays and um, wipes to wipe down the bench when you finish them. It means you have to carry a towel around with you. And also, it's less cleanly to have a towel that you've wiped your sweat off on one bench and then go and use the same towel to wipe your sweat on another bench. That just doesn't really work. You're wiping your sweat into it. Moment. So all gyms now have sprays and wipes, which is brilliant. Just use them. Yes. Like when you finish the bar, just wipe the bar down. When you finish the dumbbells or the rowing machine or the bike, just wipe it down. It takes 30 seconds and it keeps. it's just it's just nicer, isn't it? So, yeah. I'm all for like it is. It is annoying how busy gyms are in the new year, but that's fine. Like, that's that's grand. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Great. That's fine. We should be more patient, but don't be a tit about it. Put things back where they go. Wipe yeah. it down. Don't become an animal. And also, on the same token, because I'm on one with the gym, if you see someone go to a machine. Do not wait till they finish their first rep and then say, can I jump in? Wait, yeah. wait your turn. You are not an athlete. Unless it's you, you get a pass because it's your no, no, job. I don't get a pass. I don't get a pass whatsoever. No one does. Do you ever do that? Do you ever, are you ever so busy where you're like, like if it's someone who is, they do a set, then they're on their phone for five minutes. That's different. But if someone's just yeah. clearly got a pattern. Uh, I, I think with, the, with the, when it comes to things like, so I think there's nothing worse than, like jumping in and using it without asking someone, you can see they're still using it. I think there's anything wrong in being like, ah, oh, do you mind if while you're resting, I use it and we share it a little bit, as long as you have the wipes, they're happy. But, if they, but also if they say no, they're allowed to say no, they're using it. But I just think also the worst people want to just sit there and stare at people trying to intimidate them out of it. Like just go and do something else. Like I know I, I like, I'm a very 
organized man when it comes to routine. I have been institutionalized from being a professional player since 16. I, I'm told to be here at this time wearing this and then be there at this time wearing this. So when I go into a gym, if I go into a public gym, obviously a lot of my time I'm in the gym at the rugby club, so we don't, it's, it's easier. But if I go into a public gym, I'm like, right, I'm going to do bam, bam, bang in that order. And I'll get there and the first thing I'm meant to use is being used and it throws my brain. But then you just have to go, okay, I'll change the order of how I'm doing things and just work around everyone else who's also in here just trying to better themselves, which is great. Yeah, I say this knowing you are one of the most polite and kindest men on the planet. Can't imagine there are many people when you go over and say, do you mind if I jump on this and we share it, where they don't turn around and go, look at the size of you, go, no, that's fine. You, you have it. It's no, a different I'm conversation more, I, with you and me. Yeah, yeah no, maybe. Okay, maybe. right. Let's wrap up. One last question then. Simple one. Who's winning the men's rumble, Charlie? CM Punk, what do you think? Hart says Punk, but I want to be different, so I'm going to go Cody Rhodes is winning the Rumble, and he's going to go on and finish his story, but I'm not confident on that. Women's Rumble? Bailey. And I think Becky. I think okay. Becky's going to win it. Look, the best thing about wrestling is we either of us could be right, and not only any of us would be disappointed now, uh, but look, we need to wrap this one up. The Rumble is on Saturday, and the start of the road to WrestleMania commences, and we'll be talking about it each and every week on Earning the Push. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe. We're here each and every week for your wrestling week. Here's Charlie underscore Beckett. I'm Jack underscore Murley. We are out of time. Enjoy the Rumble. See you next week, and bye-bye. <laughs>